It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. This is great, man. Let's keep it Good morning, Hello. good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be in the world today. Welcome to the It's Real Radio talk show. We are so thankful and grateful that you have taken the time to join us this morning. We are excited because we know we have a phenomenal show planned for you. And we're going to just dive right in it. I want my uh, my co-host, to go ahead and say their hellos. Hello, Mr. D.L. Henry. How are you today? Hello, hello, everybody. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So glad to be here to talk about this book. Amen. And once again, I want everybody to know the devil has not hijacked heaven. God is still in charge. So we're going to be all right at a while. Amen. Out of while. Out of while. Out of while. Well, he didn't pick up the whole answer, so I don't need to say anything. (laughs) Well, okay, okay. So I'm like, well, where is my girl this morning? She was a day early yesterday, and then today it's like, where's she at? (laughs) I am feeling good today. (laughs) We outside today, the wind's blowing. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, we have a phenomenal show planned today. We have a very special guest. Um, She is very special to me because God has gifted her in such an incredible way. Um, You will see my logo, the It's Real radio talk show logo, my personal ministry logo. She's built the website for my church and for another church in New Jersey. She, this woman is just literally, literally talented and anointed by God to do phenomenal, phenomenal wow. things, to do phenomenal things. She has embraced her greatness. She truly has. And later on in the show, she's going to give you all of her information so you can reach out to her. But I had to put this plug in. If you need anything done graphically, you need to get in touch with this lady. But today she is on the show in her her role or her um, gifting 
as an author. She's written many books, but she has one that just really, the title of it was just so profound to me and it just stood out that I said we have to get her on the show so she can discuss it. She is the author of the book Sex, Lies, and Soul Ties. And I would just like to introduce to you Miss Tiffany Buckner. Good morning, Tiffany. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for having me. Hey, Tiff. Amen, amen. Well, it is definitely our pleasure to have you on. Give us a little synopsis of the book before we get into the questions. Basically what it's talking about is um, sex as a whole, what the original purpose of sex was, and or better yet is, and what God, how God defines sex because we have a traditional view of sex whereas there's a completely different um, view of sex. So we're talking about sex, um, its purpose, the lies that we've learned um, through tradition and also in the church, and soul ties, of course, we know from, you know, the, us getting, becoming one with individuals, whether it be good, good soul ties, godly soul ties in marriage, or ungodly soul ties. So it's basically really just coming up and giving us an understanding of what sex locks sex and soul ties are, as opposed to the traditional view that we have of it. Awesome. Give us, because a lot of our listeners probably don't, they don't understand the, the title soul ties, what it really means to have a, a soul tie. Explain that to them. When God um, established sex, one of the things that we did was sex was meant to unite a couple as one. And that means it's a part of cleaving. So when you come together as one person with a person, when you have sex with a person, you actually join your soul to theirs. So you become one person with them. You can have soul ties that are sexual, and you can have non-sexual soul ties that are established through communication. Um, And a a good example of that is the soul tie that David had with Jonathan when the Bible says that their souls knit as one. And, of course, they weren't sexually active. These were two guys, but... Uh, the thing was that because they were on one accord, because they were connected, they ended up having a soul tie. But when you have a soul tie with your spouse, you you establish before, you know, during the courting process what is known more so as a, an emotional soul tie, whereas you are in on one accord with one another, you're in agreement with one another. But then when you come together and you have sex, you establish the oneness that God was talking about. And that's what he says about soul tie, meaning you are now one person and no longer two. Okay, okay. So when people say, I've met my soulmate, is that, are they referring to a soul tie with that person? They, no, it actually started off as just a cute gesture. Some people say that because Mm -hmm. they want to believe that the person they met is the one that God has assigned to them because they're saying basically, that the person they met, they are in complete agreement with them, and they've never met somebody that they've been in so much agreement with. Now, it can be when somebody has a soul tie, if it's a godly soul tie, they can truly say that that's their soul mate um, because you did make souls with the person. But mm-hmm. you can, if whoever you get with, if um, whether it's the wrong person or the right person, your souls are going to pretty much mate together. So it in a sense, is really still not um, biblically true because um, when people say it, they're saying that, hey, God, they're basically saying that God confirms their union when it's not necessarily true. It's just something that kind of got established and 
Hollywood and it got romanticized mm-hmm. and now everybody's mm-hmm. seeing it. Mm, I see. Without <clears throat> excuse me, without really understanding the meaning behind it, they're just using it as a cute cliche, basically. Yes. Yes. Okay. They hopefully kind so, of give them. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, they they hope it kind of gives them some kind of leverage, you know, in their relationship, mm-hmm. you know, with people to help people understand the depth of how they feel about the other person and to help the other person understand it, but. The way God sees it is that if he didn't call it together, then it's not a real union. It's an Amen. ungodly union. Mm-hmm. Amen. And that's real. That's real. Share with us some of the lies and the myths that we have embraced when it comes to one of the most um, One of the most important lies is to study and show ourselves approved. And that's the thing about writing is that you're always having to study. So one of the lies that I learned looking up, I had to do research on the word fornication. And one of the things I had been taught, one of the things I came to believe was that fornication meant premarital sex. Premarital sex mm-hmm. is just one of the things, you know, one of the definitions. But um, fornication, the Hebrew word fornication is pornea. And what it means is sexual immorality as a whole. So adultery, anything that anything that's considered adultery or, or anything that's sexually immoral, um, homosexuality, all of those fall under fornication. So it's not just um, having sex outside of marriage. That's one of the definitions of fornication. But fornication as a whole means um, sexual immorality. So that's one of the lies um, that we come to believe because um, of a limited understanding in the church. So a lot of times, when we hear them, when we hear people say sex, you know, when they say fornication, what they're saying is sex outside of marriage. But the reality is, there is no such thing as sex outside of marriage. Whenever you have sex with another human being, you become one with them. But it, what makes it fornication is that it's illegal. You never went before God. You didn't follow the proper channels. Back in the olden days. They didn't get married um, back in the biblical days. They didn't get married by saying vows. They got married. The, the guy, a lot of times it was an, an arrangement, what they call a betrothment, where the parents would arrange for their children to get married. And then, of course, there were the ones where the guy, um, his father or his family chose his wife, and there were a few cases where the man chose his wife. Whenever he chose his wife, there was a tradition, a uh, Jewish tradition, whereas what they did was, he chose his wife or the family chose the wife, and they would have a ceremony to celebrate. They didn't have an exchange of vows because it wasn't the wife who gave herself away. It was the father. The father had to agree. They had a contractual agreement, in a sense, uh, between the families, but the father had to agree to allow the man to take his daughter, and this was to prevent sexual immorality. It was to prevent, you know, anybody from coming along and saying, hey, I want this girl, and then changing her mind. So the father had to agree, and then once they had the date set and everything, the guy came to the father's house, came to the bride's house, and they had a ceremony, and then he went in to his wife because it was just an agreement. So what, basically what he did was the minute he, he lay down with her, the two of them became one person. They became married. So that's the way God sees marriage. Marriage is, of course, we shouldn't, we're not supposed to go around lying down with people. What he wants us to do is to follow the correct order. And, of course, you know, she, he went, the guys in the tra- Jewish tradition went to her father 
But nowadays, God wants us to consult with him, who, of course, he is our father. He wants us to consult with him and then to follow the tradition because, you know, or the laws of the land to exchange vows with a person. There is a tradition that's designed or the word is designed to keep us from getting into unions um, and then, you know, becoming one. But in the, old, in the biblical days, once a man went into the woman, she, he, she had a white cloth that the father gave her. She laid on that cloth. And she shed blood on that cloth. When it was done, the cloth was given to the father as a a tool of protection. This way, the man could not go and say, hey, this woman wasn't a virgin when I met her. Because by saying that, he's saying that she's illegally tied to somebody else, which means she can't legally tie herself to me. So he could divorce her. She could be stoned. A lot of stuff could happen. And, of course, it would shame the family. So the father kept the cloth with the blood on it, and he... If the man decided to divorce his wife, a lot of times what they would do is lie. They would say, well, um, she, w- she wasn't a virgin when I got with her. So the father comes to court along with the witnesses that were in the home when sex took place, and they, they show that cloth. And, you know, just show the cloth and say, hey, here's the cloth that we took from him, you know, when after he had sex. So what they would do was they would find the guy if he had been lying. They would find him. I think it was 30 shekels of silver, and they would make him return home to his wife. So it was, it was the mm-hmm. thing that what you did was you came together with um, the person that the father agreed to, for you to come together with, and there was no parting from that. The only way out of that, you know, and during that time, the only way out of that was through, um, through death or if the woman had committed adultery. And But nowadays we've been taught that, Fornication is just having sex before marriage. So a lot of people end up getting married already having been married, and that's why divorce is so high today because you can't cleave to um, more than one person. So, well, okay, so in this this society that we live in now, um, which is is less than moral to begin with, <laughs> how do you because yeah. Many, including myself, many of us had multiple partners prior to marriage. Um, how do you break that soul tie? It, because we didn't even realize what we were doing. Most of us were young and just doing whatever was supposedly the thing to do during that time. How do you break a soul tie once you're, you, you're not with that person any longer? You just go to God and repent. Because what what repentance is, is turning back to the will of God, which means you have to have understanding first. So you understand what soul ties are. Then you understand that what you did was wrong. So you go before God and you truly repent and you just tell him, you know, you tell him, Lord, in the first part of repentance is confession. Lord, I mm-hmm. went against you. I sinned. I fornicated. Lord, I, I had sex, you know, to a person that you did not join me together with. I repent of that sin, Lord God, and I ask that you forgive me. Lord, sever the soul tie between us. Sever the union, Lord God. And he said he will cast our, if we repent, he will cast our sins into the sea of forgetfulness and remember them no more. So we become whole. We become in Christ Jesus. So we become one. And so from that point on, we're free. From that point on, as, as long as we truly repent and then, two, we forgive ourselves because um, forgiving ourselves is one part of repentance that a lot of people forget, and it's really hard to forgive yourself. It's easy to pray to forgive um, other people, but to forgive yourself is one part of being free. So you just turn it over to God, and 
you repent and truly repent for it, and he'll free you from it. And he'll release you and declare that you are, for example, we're a woman, that we are a maiden again. We're maidens and waiting. Um, or if you are a guy, you know, he'll set you on a path to find your wife. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, that um, is okay. how, how do you, I mean, with the emotions that go with with being with somebody, um, and, and especially we as women, because we tend to give our hearts um, more freely, shall I say, yeah. than the men do a lot of times. I mean, and there are some men that, you know, give of them whole, their whole selves in, in the beginning of a relationship. But that's right, that's right, woman, that's right. <laughs> You're right. I'm not going to just kick y'all under the bus, DL. I'm not going to just kick y'all under the bus. But how do we, I mean, if you if you can, if you will, how do we get past that emotional um thing of the the tie that we and the bond that we make with with individuals especially and I'm saying this for a woman because I I know my own story it's like when you give up your virginity that that to me was something very very precious and I did not look at myself the same way after I did that and I did not do that in marriage unfortunately um the first you know when I did it um I do believe that God healed me of it, and when I married my husband the second time, that I felt, I literally felt I was a spiritual virgin going forth because all of the mess from the first marriage to all the other crap that had been in my life was released. But um, how, do you, how do you emotionally get rid of that baggage that you carry from these other people? It's a process. One thing I found is that we have layers. Like everything, our belief system is built upon layers, layers and layers of um, of what we've come, of the information we receive, how we define that information, uh, the people we surround ourselves with, the churches we go to, and how they define that information is layers and layers and layers of information. So in order to get our old information, you need new information. So first you repent, and God will forgive you, and then the next part of repentance is forgiving yourself. And it, what, in order for that to happen, you have to have understanding. So what you come to understand, it's just like with me, I, I definitely wasn't a virgin. Um, when I got married, I had been in the world real bad. But the way that I had to do it, the way a lot of women have to do it, is basically is to get understanding. And with understanding, the Bible says the understanding, though it costs you everything you have. And what the Bible is saying is that everything that you thought was real. Everything you thought was one way. Because, you know, when you're in a relationship, you're in love with the guy. You really convince yourself that y'all are going to be together. Y'all are going to have babies. Y'all are going to uh, spend your life together, buy houses together. Amen. You, put, yep. you put all that in your mind. But when God yep. comes in, he has to take all of that out. That's why anytime I come across a woman who's soul tied, the first thing that, you know, she has to go through, of course, is repenting and then, like I said, forgiving herself and forgiving the other person. But she needs understanding. She has to first understand God's plan for her. And she has to understand mm-hmm. that, okay, in order for that to have worked between her and the other guy, it had to be first God's plan um, for her to be with him. And then, two, it had to be done in God's order. So she has to take accountability, which is one of the main things that a lot of women don't do is take accountability because we can look at the guy and say, hey, he was terrible. He walked away from me. He did this and he did that. 
but we didn't follow the order of God. So basically what we were doing was we were like jewelry that stepped from behind the counter, and we let anybody come along and pay whatever they wanted to pay for us and take us in. Of course, if somebody, if you give somebody a diamond necklace that's worth a million dollars and he only pays $20 for it, he's not going to value it. He's not going to understand it because he didn't have to pay that Okay, come on, somebody. That much of a price for it. So the thing is, we have to take accountability for what we've done and then at the same time accept responsibility. Accepting responsibility actually helps you to forgive the other person because you're able to say, well, he wasn't supposed to be with me in the first place. So maybe God drove him away from me. Or at the same time, you know, when we were together, I wasn't everything that he needed. He recognized that I didn't. You know, when you start talking to yourself like that and you start telling yourself the truth, it actually helps you to start releasing all those layers of information that you kind of built up and you're holding on to. And that's what has to happen is that basically you let the truth in and the truth will evict the lies. That's why Paul said, who, who has bewitched you that you should believe a lie? Because that's all mm-hmm. believing a lie is, we're bewitched. We bewitch ourselves. And, and what we do is through music and through, you know, what we believe we get in a relationship with somebody, we listen to them talk, we play the music, and we start this process of bewitching ourselves. Well, whenever we're getting delivered from that, God has to come and take all that information out. He got to pull all of it out. He has to uproot it, and that process can be painful. He has to pull it all out because at first you're holding on to it, but he has to get you to release it. And then in order for him to get you to release it, he has to show you, he has to give you knowledge and give you understanding of what he's showing you and say, hey, look, this is my plan for you. This guy was never right for you. As a matter of fact, let me give you a, more of an insight into his life. And then you find out, for example, he's an abusive man or he's not a faithful man. And you realize that if you had married him, you would have been in a lot more pain than you, you currently are in. So it's basically letting go of the lie and letting the truth come in. And then once the truth comes in, it starts the healing process. You take accountability. You forgive yourself. And you sit still and wait on God and two. You make a vow to never put yourself in that situation again. You stay in God and say, Lord, I'm going to do it your way this time. And when you do that, it gives the mind and the soul something else to be excited about. Mm. That's deep. That's good. Very, very good information. So, D.L., from a man's perspective, questions, comments? Well, ah. Three to one, three to one. What can I say? Three to one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, I think um, a lot of times uh, women always say, well, women, we're emotional creatures and men, we're we're not. To be be perfectly honest and transparent, I think men are more emotional than women. We just have a way, even even when it comes to. I agree with that. uh, I agree with that. Even when it comes to uh, sexual relations, uh, the the thing about it is, uh, women have a tendency of showing their emotions. What makes us very uh, emotional is the fact that we hide those things or we try to suppress those things. Um, because any man will tell you, you know, once you lay with a woman, it's almost an instant what she calls a soul tie, where there's an instant possession, whether it's casual sex. Or relationship, it becomes an instant possession for men because the simple fact is that once we sleep with that woman, the truth of the matter is we don't want her sleeping with anyone else. That's right. So 
what actually happens is that emotions, soul ties, all of those things get involved. But I, I, I say this all the time. Women don't think it, but men, we have heart problems. And what I mean by that is that it's, it's hard for us to, to be with a woman and not be affected unless we have gone through uh, something traumatic in our life where there's been several heartbreaks, there's been mistreatment. But it's the same thing as a woman. So then we get considered as what they say, dogs. Um, but a lot of times when you find a man that way, it's because the simple fact is that the things that he's been through is just like even with women. So it is very careful. You have to be very careful of who you uh sleep with, who you lay with, who you even give your time with. And I think what women don't realize and what I realized over the years is that a woman is is not stimulated by sex. A woman is stimulated by conversation. And so that's what really affects a woman more than anything. If you look at at Eve, uh, when she was in uh, in the garden, it wasn't a sexual thing that got it. It was the conversation. That got mm-hmm. right, but the bad thing is that her husband was right there. Now it didn't say Adam was somewhere else; he was right there while the conversation was going on. He just wasn't paying her any attention. So the problem that comes along is that I tell me, if your wife or your girl want to go to the mall, please go with her, because she may purchase <laughs> something that you can't afford. <laughs> so that's the way I look at it. With Eve, she went in that guard, she picked up something she couldn't afford, and it's cost us all. For some time, but the problem didn't lie within her. It lied within the man not paying attention. So what I'm saying is that when you make a connection, you have to make sure that you're doing what it is that you need to do for that woman. Because women be shopping, baby, whether it's in the garden or where that may be. And they may pick up something you can't afford. And that thing carries on generation after generation. And some people can't shake this stuff. Some people marriages are bad because of some of the factors that they got caught up with someone that they can't let go. What mm-hmm. and, and, and what happens is and it's the same thing with me. The bottom line is that just like Tiffany said, you have to repent. You have to relieve yourself of all these things so that when you go into a relationship, you can go in there not in bondage, not having an expectation that she's going to do the same thing that uh, your last wife or girlfriend or this this chick on the side or whatever done. So you better make sure you all right. Because I tell women all the time, I even say in my comedy shows, women, save your peaches. Because the simple fact is that <laughs> don't no man want no bruised peach. You better come the, you better shut up. And <laughs> and 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 the truth of the matter is and don't do it too much because we don't like peach preserves either. We like fresh <laughs> So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I love that peace preserve. Thank you, Jesus, for the peace preserves. Amen. <laughs> well, some men like preserves. Too late, too late. Nobody, look, you can put peace preserves on some toast, baby. You can still make it work. So, for all the ladies yeah. out there, repentance, yeah. repentance is good. And that's what I had to do is repent because God knows I got peach preserves and probably some melted down plums in the preserves too. So I'm just letting all the ladies know, shout out. I know because I thank her for that conversation because I'm one of them women. I didn't know no better. I was hurt. I was out of control. So I thank God for his mercy and his grace. Thank you, Jesus, for peach preserves this morning. 
Amen. Because <laughs> he will preserve you. He will preserve you. Bless the Lord. Since yes. talking Amen. About the Bless Lord. the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Elder, for that. <laughs> yeah. you that. But, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that, you know what, Don't you don't go to no store and say, hey, excuse me, Mr. Clerk, where's all your bruised peaches? No, you go there and you look at breast teeth. Love you for that. That's, that's real. real. That's real. That's, that's real. That's real. That's real. That's real looking, I'm serious. A man really, and what he's looking for, he's looking for a nice fresh peach cobbler. He ain't looking for a peach cobbler where somebody's gonna beat you. Shut up. Shut up. Lord, for the, the bottom line is that, but right. what I'm saying, regardless of. Regardless of what I'm saying is that God can preserve you no matter what you've been through. But you Amen. have to get Amen. back to God. Because Amen. just like Amen. said, Amen. you know, when she Amen. got back to God, she felt like a spiritual virgin. God can do it. You gotta Yeah. You preaching it. You preaching Regardless of what you've been through, God is ultimately the key to preserving your life Absolutely. and restoring you Absolutely. back to the thing that He wants you to do. So don't get me wrong when Amen. I say you're going through what, you, what you've been through, but the common denominator in everything is God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God that's real. That's real. Amen. That's real right there, baby. That's real. Amen. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, DL, because as I was sharing, it's like, you know, for those of you that know my testimony, I, I had my first child at 14, second one eight days after I turned 16. Um, and from there, it was like this promiscuity freight train, okay, because, again, like I said, I didn't look at myself the same way, you know, um, society had banned me as, as for a, a nice word, a harlot, and this, that, and the other, and, you know, um, and I was supposedly bad news, and all my friends, their mothers was like, you know, no, you stay away from her, she's a bad girl, you know, um, and it really was never my desire. You know, that's why I was asking you, Tiffany, about, you know, how do you release all that baggage that you wind up carrying? Because my desire and, and my even my testimony that I did on CBN, it was like my desire was to be that virgin walking down the aisle in all white and not being hypocritical about it. You know what I'm saying? And with the oh my God. Of my yes. And yes. giving myself to my husband, you know, yes. Had that that presence, you know, um, of myself, and just getting caught up in different lies, you know, and listening and and what have you, went a whole different route. But I thank and praise God because, like I said, He allowed me. Like my husband and I, in our second marriage, the first marriage was yeah, we won't even go there. But in the second <laughs> marriage, it was like leading up to that, you know. We, we we did not sleep together. We took time to get before God and allow him to heal the brokenness, the hurt, all the things that were behind us, even in our relationship with one another and our relationships with others. And that was what was vital for me, you know, for that healing to take place within how I perceived myself. You know, my heart had to be healed. And I believe literally in my body, went through a transition. It really did. To where yes. It was like that pain and everything of that first night. It was like, dang, Lord, you really did this thing, you know? Um, yeah. Seriously. Um, it was real. It was seriously real. Right. But, um, I, and I thank God for that.
Tanya, do you have a comment or a question for Tiffany before I go to the next one? I just want to tell Tiffany and DL, DL, thank you for a man's um, side of it. And honestly, because that's the truth, and you need to tell young ladies that. But I'm like, Tiff, thank you so much for putting that in there. There's a certain point in our lives, forgive me, that we have Cinderella syndrome. And I have Cinderella yes. syndrome, I didn't realize I had it over 2,000 times. That's sad. Okay, that's where the peace preserves came in. Amen. Okay? But I want everybody to know out there, I make the best peach cobbler in the world. You better ask somebody and my husband, too. Oh, Amen. Yes, okay. <laughs> and then I'm done. I'm done. Amen. 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 Let me ask you, Tiffany, what, like, you know, when, because in any relationship, in this day and time, it's a difference. It's not as it was as you shared back um, in the biblical times where basically the woman had no say-so in it. Daddy said, this is who you're going to be with, and that's what it was. Um, and a lot of them went into it with a heart, broken heart because that wasn't the person they wanted to be with. But in this day and time that we live in now, as we're building a relationship with somebody, what are some of the maybe the flags? that should go up to us in conversation or getting to know that gentleman that would say, you know what, this may not be that one that God picked for you. The first and foremost is um, the man is the head of the home, so he's the leader. Pay attention to where mm-hmm. he's leading you. Is he leading you in mm-hmm. Christ or is he trying to lead you to the bedroom? If you look at his mm-hmm. leadership from the time that he is unmarried, when he's, you know, trying to court you, He's basically telling you, this is the way I'm going to lead you. So if he struggles with fornication, if that's a struggle, then adultery is also a part of fornication. So if you marry him, then nine times out of ten, he's not going to have his flesh in check. He's going to commit adultery. And then two is you, you pay attention to his relationship with God. Does he have one outside of you? Is it a strong relationship or a religious relationship? A person that has mm-hmm. a strong relationship with God there is a way of his, the things that he, that he hears from God. And he doesn't have to be a, a prophet, or, you know, to hear from God. We have the Holy Spirit. But he hears from God in regards to you. So God will instruct him regarding you if he's courting you, and God confirms the union. Pay attention to the things that he says and does. If he tries to put you in a situation that is ungodly, for example, he says, hey, I want to bring you over to my house, that could go down the wrong path. And he knows mm-hmm. that if he's putting music in your ear that actually ministers against what God is ministering, then what he's doing is he's leading you. Every time you just pay attention to his leadership, two, you pay attention to his conversation. The Bible said out of the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When a guy is still soul tied or, you know, if he's not free to marry, you'll know it because he's going to have that one particular girl or several girls that he talks a lot about. And, you know, when we're young, we don't know anybody because we just get into the relationship and start not liking the girl. We're like, well, she's crazy. What, what did she do to you? Man, really. You know, and it's not to say that he's not going to testify. Of course he's going to testify about what, he, about what he's been through, just like we will. But you'll notice that there's a difference between a man who testi- testifies and a man who obsesses. The man who obsesses mm-hmm. is going to, it's going to be this thing that he, a lot of times he'll still have the notes from her, pictures of the girl, of the girl. He will still wish this woman to fall. If this woman did him wrong, he'll say things like, yeah, you know, from what I heard, you know, now she got a baby by the guy and he left her too. 
you know, what have you. That's unforgiveness. He's saying, hey, I'm still mad at her, which means he's still tied to her. And then the next thing you need to look for is, like I said, his relationship with God, but how does he relate to you? Will he be able to love, truly love you? And you can see that with his relationships with people. You can see that with his relationships with children. If you're out in in a community, for example, how does he relate to people? Like if you see a homeless man on the side of the street, how does he relate to that person? That tells you a lot about his character. If he sees this guy and he walks by and he's like, he can get up and work him just like I can, you know, then he's letting you know that he may not make a really good leader. And I'm not, I'm not saying he needs to go and give money to every homeless person because we know some of them, um, you know, they need more than money. They need deliverance from drugs and alcohol. But you, you can see a compassion. A husband has to be compassionate. A husband is a provider, a protector. He's a leader and a covering. So you look for him and you pay attention to those things, you know, in his life. And then at the same time, you keep yourself here and you don't establish any ungodly soul ties with him. Everything has to remain in Christ. Everything has to remain to the point where y'all can communicate, you know, and talk about the things that are important. Because, you know, without the soul tie, when you don't have that ungodly soul tie, you can actually hear whether or not the guy, if he's the one or not. And the way you do that is because, when you're in a soul tie, the only thing you're going to talk about is what you want with each other. You know, I, I can't wait to be with you. I'm in love with you. I can't, oh, I'm going to have babies with you, what have you. When there's no sexual soul tie, you're actually able to hear what he's saying because you're not cloudy. Your judgment isn't cloudy, you know, about what you want from him. Basically, you're doing, what you're doing is you're trying to decide whether or not this is the right person or not. So you listen to him talk and you listen to him, you know, tell you his plans. And a lot of times that will help a lot of us run away from the wrong people because this guy may come out and say, for example, um, I had, an, I remember I had an ex of mine to tell me, hey, I don't want no kids. I don't want to get married because I've been married before. So, you know, if I had a, been in a soul tie with him, then it would have been a lot harder for me to run. Now, I was in a world I did end up getting in a soul tie, but I was still, you know, I was broken myself from molestation. You know, a lot of stuff that happened to me as a young woman. So I was broken myself. So a lot of my relationships, like a lot of young women, were established because of where I had come from and because of my uh, casual understanding of sex. You know, sex was never uh, something for me that was taught that was like holy. It was something that was just casual, something you did because you wanted it. But when I paid attention to this guy and he said, hey, I don't want kids and I don't want to marry again, I was able to distance myself from him. I was able to say, well, I don't want to be with him then because I want to get married and I want to have kids. You know, he didn't want the same thing. So I think if we're, I believe our judgment isn't clouded when we don't bring in all the extra stuff and we're able to pay attention, then we can hear that person. And at the same time, we get to hear ourselves because you'll notice that if you feel bound by somebody, sometimes you might not know it until you're holding conversations with people. And when you're holding a conversation, that one ex that keeps coming up, if you can't stop talking about him and what he did to you, chances are you're still bound to him. So it's basically mm. just staying in the will of God and staying pure and paying attention, just being observant, you know, paying attention to the guy, paying attention to yourself, and then staying prayerful. Amen. That's good news. Good word. Good word. Now, share with us the flip side, the good side effects that, you know, I mean, because there's some people – that grew up in a home and just the word sex was taboo and it was dirty. Um, and a lot of people, not as much this day and time, but 
in the past, they really shunned it. And they even actually went into relationships and marriage, like just, you know, not even wanting to enjoy their mate because of all the negativity that had been put on just the very word of sex. What's the flip side, the good, what God intended for it? God really blew my mind when he started telling me about sex because having, like I said, me having come from um, being a ch- as a child, I had been molested so many times that I lost count. I was a messed up teenager. So for me, sex was just washing away. And I didn't realize it then, but it was me trying to wash away what had happened to me as a child. It was my way of, you know, taking control of myself. So when I got into the world, I got promiscuous in my attempt to, wash away, you know, and at the same time take control of my own. So if I could, I could now say, no, I'm not sleeping with you. But it was, it was a casual thing, and because it was a casual thing, it was all about the feeling. It was all about how it, you know, it was all about how it made you feel in body and how it made you feel, you know, because a lot of times we know as women that even if you are engaging in sex with somebody you don't love, for the moment you feel love. For the moment, in the moment, in, in, in the moment, you feel that love, and a lot of women, that's why they end up in promiscuity, is that they live for mm-hmm. those moments. You know, they it's, they know that they're not love, but they're able to psych themselves out. The moment it's kind of like getting drunk. They just want to go back in for the feeling, even though they know it's not good for them. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, God taught me about sex, and He told me that whenever the way that He designed sex was that when a man comes together with his wife and his two of them are in Christ. And they love each other. It's the love that makes sex amazing. I used to think that it was, you know, most of us thought it was a position and all the stuff that you did. But God told me, he said, it's not that. He said what they do in the world is a perverted, it's perversion. What the world is doing is trying to experience, because trying to experience what God has really, you know, put together for a husband and a wife. Because what a husband and wife can have, the type of sex they can have, they adapt to each other. So they learn each other and they become they truly become one. So a husband and wife who love each other are going to have some amazing, amazing sex. People in the world don't have that. So what they have to do is they have to pry and probe each other. They got to do a lot of stuff because they're trying to reach that same climax that a couple can uh, reach together. But they can't. So they only become more and more perverted in their attempts to go there. So that's why we have all these toys coming out. We have all these things coming out. But... When you come together with your husband, the two of you, it'll start off, you know, it may start off, uh, like you said, painful, but it's going to be a great experience. And because of the love that you share for one another, love makes you selfless. Whenever you come together casually, a lot of times you're going to have what they call a selfish sex. And that's why you have a lot of women who complain about their guys or, you know, stuff that he does that is no consideration for the woman because there's no love there. There's no love there for him. It's just a casual experience for him. It's all about just, you know, have, it's about the experience, you know, having sex or what have you and getting what he wants from it. But a lot of times with, you know, us as women, what we're trying to do is experience love, true love, and sometimes temporary, the, the sense of love. But when you're married and you're with Mr. Goddardane, as I call him, and the two of you come together in Christ, you're gonna, it's going to not only help the two of you to really connect with one another, but it's going to strengthen your tie with one another and better understand God's role and purpose for sex. It's going to help the two of you to actually begin to trust one another because when you're coming together in the bedroom, 
what you're doing is you're not just having a casual experience experience with your husband. You're having a spiritual experience with your husband. And the, as the two of you come together, you become more than just one. You keep joining and you keep coming together to the point where you're almost inseparable. And you can tell those couples that are like that, whereas you'll see the husband and the wife, and you there's, it's like they are one person. They, they, they communicate. Their communications and everything are is this unison. You look at them and you can tell she loves her husband and there's a respect there. He loves his wife and there's a respect there. And you know that they're not going to divorce. You know that they're not going to divorce. Then again, you can see those couples where you can tell they're still two, even though they come together as one in body. They have not joined in spirit. So you can tell that they are or they haven't joined in soul, but you can tell that they are not really united um, in their thoughts. You know, one thing about the soul is it's comprised of the mind, will, and emotions. So the thing is, a lot of times with a soul tie, you can join some part, you can join the mind, and you can join the emotions, but then uh, the two of you have completely different wills. So you end up, you're tied to somebody, but y'all are operating against one another. So the thing is with God, when he brings you together, there's, it's just this amazing connection that the two of you are going to have, and it's only going to get intensified by the fact that the two of you are walking as one in Christ Jesus. And, you know, like I said, you're submitting to one another, and there's no, there's this, there isn't this perversion in the bedroom because perversion actually destroys marriage. Perversion tears marriage apart because it was never supposed to come into the bedroom. It was never supposed to be a part of the Christian lifestyle. But when two people come together as one, they don't have to do all of that extra stuff that people do, um, that we hear about people doing or that we've done when we were in the world. They don't have to do all of that extra stuff because you're not having to try to psych the mind out into believing that it's love. Your love is there, and when love is there, you can relax and enjoy one another. Wow. That's deep right there. That's deep. No kidding. <laughs> that is Seriously. Awesome. Awesome. DL? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you fell off the earth with all that um, sexual <laughs> talk and everything. I'm just being real. Keep it 100. Keep it 100. All I can say is yeah. <laughs> Okay, God is trying to tell you oh, no. something. <laughs> Hold up, no, I will I will say this though. Let me let me say this, ladies. I, I'm going I'm gonna say this. Now it was one thing that she said. Um when you looking at a man or for a man and, and, and what's expected. And now some things I agree with, but it was one thing that, that got me and I'm being transparent here. Um when she says when you you looking for certain things in a man and if he's leaving you uh to the bedroom uh, than what his intentions may be. Um, or, you know, so when he gets married, he may be unfaithful in marriage. Well, I have to say, you know, you have to be prayerful in everything so that you don't get a, a misunderstanding of whom a person is. And like I said, being transparent, you know, I was married for 19 years and never stepped out on my wife. So to say that and when I got out of the marriage, when she uh, stepped out and married someone else, then it puts me in a position of, okay, I'm used to having sex every day 
or every other day for the past 19 years. So now that is gone. So I don't know about you. I can call on Jesus, everything. I've done some all of that. But sometimes you're in a position because you're used to something and you're trying to fight that. It's just like even now being being single, uh, being single is a fight for me because women have a tendency of attaching themselves to me so much because I don't know how to be single. Every woman that I deal with or talk to, I'm talking to as, as if I'm married to them because that's all I've been used to. So when it, come, when it comes in, and ultimately my, my thing is they push them towards Christ, but I'm the type of person. Um, I and, and being transparent, if I see a bum on the street, I don't talk about him unless I'm willing to do something to help him. Amen. So I, I have no need to say anything about him unless I'm going to go buy him clothes and something to eat. Mm-hmm. So that's how I am. So even if any of you ladies, just like I had a young lady, just my friend, but we got in this conversation and she says, you know what, um, I, I lost a lot of weight. I don't, you know. I have these kids. I don't have money. I don't have any uh, pennies abroad. Well, for me, I didn't think anything of it. So what I did is I went out and bought her nine sets of bras and matching panties. I didn't think anything of it. That's just how I, I need some. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking some bras Call and some panties over here. <laughs> But, wait, I'll, wait, I'll put it out there like that. I don't care who here. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Right. But what I'm saying is that, you know, sometimes our intent is not to be in the bedroom with it. Our intent is just where we come from. It's just like with what you were saying. With Sometimes being abused or going through whatever you go through, you're not trying to bring that stuff into marriage, but it's, it, it, it's part of who you are until – True deliverance comes uh, to God bring someone in your life uh, that loves you. What I'm saying is that everything has a process, and everybody's process is different in it. It might not be that they're leading you to the bedroom. It may be where they're at in their process. I think we have to be honest. I think men as well as women have to be honest with their process of of where they're at. And I'm always there because I'll tell you right now, I don't have anything to hide because the bottom line is that when it comes to the dirt in the road, one thing you're going to know about me is that I'm going to be up front. I'm going to be honest. That's why a lot of people, you know, I don't have a, a big circle. I'm, I'm like this. A simulation brings about association. What you hang around mm-hmm. is what you become. So my thing is you put yourself around the right people, around godly people, and that's what you become. But what happens is, is that I see a lot of single folk um, or married folk trying to deal with single people. Your marriage is not going to last that way. You need to get around some people that's married, that has a good marriage, that can in, in, implant some things and implement some things in your life. But mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm just saying is that I, I agree, but understand sometimes men as well as women, we have a process that we're going through. It's not that, you know, we're this way. It's just where we're at in our process. But everything else, mm-hmm. yes. That's deep right there. That's beautiful. And it's the truth. Mm-hmm. It's where we are in well, our process. 
We have um, we have a caller on the line that um, has put up for a question. You are calling from area yes. code four three eight. Yes, uh, great show. First of all, I'm listening to the show and everything. The whole I have a problem with the whole soul time because, especially in 2016, where casual sex is a normal thing. Uh, if there was, a, I went through casual sex. I never had that feeling of feeling that I hurt somebody or did something. I was always honest and direct with that person. When I wanted to have casual sex, I was honest, honest to the woman of telling her I wanted that, and, and she made the decision to do it or not. So I was never tricking and playing games and things like that. So I don't understand when, when we're talking about uh, back in the days when basically a, a, a man was basically taking the ownership of a woman that we want to go back to that. No, no, that was not good also. Uh, we live in a society where a lot of people are taking – uh, responsibility of the sexuality. There are some people that feel guilty for just sleeping around, and there's some people who don't. And that's one thing that we we gotta over. So how do you explain that? That some people like me are looking at you and saying, "I don't have any issue. I was honest, always with integrity to the other person. I never tricked the person. I never forced the person. I didn't promise a relationship and did all those tricks. I was just being honest with that person. And if a relationship would come out of it, it would." But, and second question I want to ask is, all the people that I did sleep very fast with all became relationship of three years, four years, whatever. All the people that made me wait, all the people that the women that were basically saying, you got to, I'm going to make you wait 90 days, three months, whatever, all those women were basically prudish people. They were never interested in me at all. They were just using me for my time, for my money, for whatever. And deep down, he knew that I'm not attracted to this man, but I'm going to use him because he's entertainment. So how do you explain that those two happen, those two things happen? Okay, good question. All right, Tiffany, um, you want to take on the question? Sure. Um, What we're talking about here is doing things God's way and not so much as modern-day world way. When you do things God's way, it's not supposed to last three years, four years. It's supposed to last a lifetime. So whenever you come together and you make sex casual, you take their original intent from it. It wasn't a time where women were property, women were wives, you know, and nobody complained. If you go to a different country, they have cultures, and a lot of times you will find some cultures they do make women property. And then in other cultures, you'll see that they have beliefs that we don't agree with, but the women are happy because that's what they were taught. That's what they're happy with. That's what they want. The way that God designed marriage, of course, Jewish tradition, that Jews had their tradition, and that's not what we're trying to return to. What we're trying to do is return to our first love, Jesus Christ. Jewish tradition dictated that a woman was to be what some people would say property, but in, in the true sense of the word, she wasn't property of her husband. She was covered by her father, her dad. He was her protector. And then her husband came in, and he was her provider and her protector. Anytime you go outside the will of God and you do things your way, you're going to have relationships that last three or four years. You're going to get used and abused. Your heart's going to get broken, and you can hear it in your words. You're going to have these relationships where, you're in these soul ties, and you're not going to understand why this worked this way and why that worked that way. It's because you took a spiritual thing and tried to make it casual. 
You can't break down the word of God and make it into this thing where you say, well, I don't understand it and we're in a new time. The word of God does not change. God does not change. He is true. He stands as he is forever, just as he was yesterday, he is today. So in order for us to have a godly marriage, we got to do things godly. Now, if we're talking about casual sex, that's a completely different thing, and that's a topic that actually does not belong in the church. It belongs in the world because that's what the world does. The world perverted sex. So if you're going to do casual sex, if you're going to have sex partners, then you go outside the will of God, which means you don't get the results that God has for his people. What God wants for us is that we come together with our spouses and it lasts a lifetime. Nowadays, the father doesn't have to give the daughter away. She makes a choice. The woman chooses whether or not she wants to be with a guy. She's not his property, but she remains pure to protect herself from guys who are going to be with her for three years and four years and five years and then walk away because she's looking for something that lasts a lifetime, a covering, a provider, a protector, a man after God's own heart, a man who hears from God, a man who hears from heaven, a man who's there to provide for and to, to protect his children, to love, cover, and nurture his children, to teach his children how to be men, how to be men who come in, and when they go out and they seek to be married, they understand God's original intent and purpose for marriage. That way don't, they don't make it a casual experience because if you make it a casual experience, you're going to get wounded. You're going to get wounded because you're not going to understand why women are not sticking around. And just like women won't understand why you, uh, the guy won't stick around. When you make it a casual experience, you bring all these people you, you bring all with, they bring all those people, they just stuff into the bedroom, and you apparently told yourself that you're trying to get something out of each other that you can't reach in casual sex. You're not going to get it out. So the thing that you'll do is you end up tied to a person who you can't stand or they can't stand you, and eventually that thing comes apart and you get wounded. So if we're doing it God's way, we stay in the word of God and we do it God's way. If you're going to do it casually, then understand that when you're doing casual sex, then you're going to get casual results. All right. Well, amen. We are down to the last two minutes of the show. Time went by really fast, but it has been a phenomenal show. Tiffany, I just would like for you just to share your heart, whatever God would place on your heart to share in the next minute, a minute and a half. Um, to the listeners to, for encouragement or, or whatever God has placed on your heart to share. Amen. I want to tell ladies and guys, you know, I think that we, like I said, Hollywood has glamorized this whole casual sex thing to make it look like it's something that's fun and it's going to benefit you. We all know for those of us who've been in the world who've had sex, you know, outside of the original context of marriage, what we know that it doesn't work. We know that you can get into these relationships, and the only thing that's going to happen is you get bruised, you get hurt, you lose a lot of your trust. These are things that God put in you so you can have a, a successful marriage. A woman who has been out and she has slept around, the thing that God has to do, because I was that woman, is he has to take her through a process of forgiving herself and giving, getting understanding, and then he has to help her to understand what happened to her. He has to free her so she can go back to her original design, which is to trust her husband. Oh, if she doesn't have that restoration, and the same thing with a guy, if that restoration is not there, they're not going to trust each other, which is why people get married and fight, because that trust isn't there. Trust has to be a part of marriage in order for it to work. If we don't go back to God's purpose for sex, 
then what we're going to do is we're going to end up having a bunch of casual sex that lasts a few years, and we're going to end up bruised, and we're going to ask so many questions from a place of anger and not understanding. But if you do it God's way and you trust God, you put your trust in God and you say, I don't care what the world says and I don't care what the world is doing. I don't care what Hollywood promotes. I'm going to trust God. And then you make it up in your mind. Ladies, I always tell ladies, make it up in your mind that you're going to be the best wife that you can to your husband. And husbands, you make this, you put that in your mind, too, I'm going to be the best husband. Make it up in your mind that we're coming together as one person, and I'm, we're not going to divide that thing. We're going to trust God. So don't go out here and get into these relationships and do it a different way because what you're doing is you're basically giving Satan the lead. You're telling Satan, well, I'm going to give you the lead in this relationship because I'm hoping you'll take me where I want to go. I'm hoping you'll take me to the altar. And we both know, or we all know this, where Satan going to take you. Satan will take you everywhere but to where you want to go. Or if he, if he does take you inside of a marriage, he'll take you inside of a marriage with the wrong man or the wrong woman, and then you end up getting hurt. Because for anyone who doesn't know, I ended up married twice because I came out of the world. I came out of a mindset and a system that was never supposed to work. But when God changed my mind, he changed my heart, he made me a woman who was after his own heart. So when God, when I do get married, it's going to be something that lasts because I now understand. I now have forgiven, and I'm a whole new creature in Christ Jesus. That's where you want to get to is become that new creature in Christ and love God Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and every man and every woman who has the devil in them will flee from you. And that's all I wanted to tell you. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for sharing. This has definitely been a blessing without a doubt. Um, We are out of time, but thank you. Oh, Tiffany, please give your information on how people can connect with you because I think that's vital. Oh, awesome, yes. You can go to um, my website, www.anointedfire.com, or you can um, go to wiseherstill.com or email me at info at anointedfire.com. Amen. Well, thank you so much for sharing. This has definitely been a blessing. Um, DL, Tanya, any last words? Okay, I was waiting yep. on Tanya. <laughs> okay. Come on. Hello? <laughs> I, no, I was just waiting on Tanya. The, my last words is just, you know what, continue to, to trust in God, believe God, and women, keep your peace. Amen. 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 Tanya? Amen. Amen. I just tell everybody who hasn't gotten to that point, don't give up and don't give in. Amen. Just keep pressing towards the mark of the high calling and keep knowing that you're still greater and you're better. You may slip sometimes, but know that we serve a forgiving God, forgive yourself, and love yourself. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much, Tiffany, for coming on and sharing. This has been a blessing for all of those of you that have listened live and you have friends that you know can um, benefit from, from what you've heard today. Please invite them to go back into archives and listen to the show again because this has definitely been an eye-opener and a blessing. And I believe that there are many, many, many men and women out there that need to hear what was shared today. So you guys have a blessed, blessed week, and we will see you again, same God time, same God channel next week. God bless. God bless. 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.